Hello and welcome to another episode of the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency. I would like to remind you all that we have just launched our print edition and I'd like to encourage you all to subscribe. You can do that by going to www.spectator.us forward slash subscribe uh, and there you can take advantage of our various offers. Today we are going to be talking about China and the NBA. Has American basketball kowtowed to Beijing? I'm joined by Melissa Chen, who is now the New York editor of Spectator USA. Hello, Freddie. And we're going to be talking about the NBA's epic kowtow to Beijing. Now, for our British listeners, Melissa, we should explain that uh, the NBA is the National Basketball Association. Yes. And there's been a big controversy this week because... I think it's the general manager of the Houston... You're going to have to correct me if I get this wrong. The Houston Rockets. Yes. Daryl Morey mm-hmm. tweeted something in support of the Hong Kong protesters. Yes. And China took exception to this and a sort of ongoing drama has ensued. Right. Could you give us a sort of rough timeline of what's happened and how bad it's got? So all of this is happening in the context of the Hong Kong protests have been going on for about four months now. Tensions are increasingly being escalated. The protesters have not backed down. And they are angry at the CCP in Beijing for what they feel are violations of of the terms of the the treaty. Mm. So they're unhappy with uh, the extradition law. That did get cancelled, right, suspended by Carrie Lam. And, well... There's, they're still making demands and angry with the p- police brutality and all that is happening in the background. So what happened was recently, you had October 4th on Friday, Daryl Morey was in Tokyo for a preseason game with the Raptors. He's the GM of the Houston Rockets. Yes, tell us a little bit about that. So, so the, I mean, it, so preseason, American basketball does a lot of swap over with China. Correct. Because uh, there's a huge basketball audience in China. Oh, China is actually the biggest... Uh, well, second to the U.S., biggest market for the NBA, but also it's actually the most popular sport. Yeah, You know, the popularity of basketball in China goes way back, even during Mao's time. Mm. And uh, you have Yao Ming really cemented Houston Rockets as yes. the, the Chinese team. So it's even more hurtful for the Chinese because Yao Ming was signed in 2002 and he was the most prominent He's a sort Chinese seven-foot-six, uh, uh, yeah. Legendary yeah. basketball player that, yeah. that was a pretty big figure in the NBA for five to ten years. Is he now retired? He's now retired, yeah. yeah. He had a pretty injury-plagued uh, career and he played about seven seasons and he retired from... But, but he's well-loved and he's actually right now the commissioner of the Chinese Basketball Association. Okay, okay. So he's involved in this brouhaha. He, well, he definitely made his comments. And sorry, I interrupted you. So Daryl Morey tweets this tweet tweets, in support of... Right. It's actually, it was a picture and all it contained was four words, which was fight for... Uh, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. Yeah. It was just a picture. And it was deleted minutes later. Minutes. So that that tweet was only up for, you know, just a short while before people noticed it. And he received a ton of death threats and bots piled upon him. Mm. But as we know, you know, nothing stays you can delete something, but screen caps it's circulate never, it's never really. never deleted for long. Yeah. Exactly. So so he got in trouble. And um, I think probably later that night, the owner of the Houston Rockets, Tillman Fertitta, he actually distanced himself and the organizations from Maury's tweets. So that all happened in just one day. 
just minutes later, it got taken down, and the owner had to kind of say something. Mm. The next day, CCTV decided to suspend the broadcast of the preseason games. So this was clearly re- retaliation. And Tencent, which owned the digital streaming rights, decided to suspend their broadcast as well. And the NBA actually has a contract with Tencent for $1.5 billion. Gosh, yeah. Then you had like Chinese sponsors who who basically sponsor the Houston Rockets, like banks, and also a sportswear company called Li Ning. Mm. Dwayne Wade, I think, has a, a deal with them and endorses them. They all pulled out, so they refused to support the Rockets moving forward. So there was already backlash by the second day. So by Sunday, which is you know just forty eight hours after Mori issued the the tweet, he had no choice but to kind of put out an apology. Mm. And he kind of framed it in the context of, you know, I, I, I was merely voicing one thought based on one interpretation of a very complicated event. And that didn't sound like the, you know, very resolute stand for freedom kind yeah. of tweet. It was such a He'd be bullied into, into backtracking. Or just like, this is like, one interpretation out of many interpretations. It's sort of a plea for plurality, yeah. in a way. And this is interesting in the context of the NBA, as you said in your excellent piece on Spectator USA, that the NBA, rather unlike the NFL, the, the, the football league, has always stood for freedom of speech among its players. It's always said that it allows its players to speak Correct. freely. Right. But then it turns out not when they speak freely against China, because China has such huge... Economic power economic within power. the sport. Right, exactly. So you have several players really come to mind, you know, with the NBA when it comes to being sort of an activist, sort of for different causes, even Black Lives Matters and things like that. So you have, well, you have even the coaches. So Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich have been very vocal about things ranging from gun control to um, immigration. You know, they've expressed very anti-Trump views, for yeah. example. And Steve Curry, uh, uh, Stephen Curry, and also... Stephen uh, Curry, who's the, the best player in the world, is that... Is he's that a right? best, yeah. shooter, best shooter, uh, plays yeah. for Golden State Warriors. And also LeBron James has been very vocal about, you know, racial issues in America, uh, police brutality in America. So they've they've spoken out. And, mm. and it's... The league has always let them uh, just you know, said what they wanted to say. They've never clamped down. And, and it's in huge contrast to the NFL, yeah. where you've had so so much issues with players the, kneeling, the kneeling and protesting the anthem. anthem. Correct, yeah. yeah. And they received sanctions for it. Colin Kaepernick seemed to have, you know, paid a price for his activism, and he's no longer an employed quarterback. And then a few nights later, some basketball fans were ejected from... A Philadelphia game. A Philadelphia game. Yes holding signs in support of the of the Uyghurs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's sort of a, it's fair to say that China ha- owns basketball. It seems that's that's quite a that's not an, ex- an exaggeration. So right. the Chinese state can control what happens at basketball matches or what what basketball players say. It it is astounding to me that the NBA is capitulating like this because if you think about the NBA itself, I don't I don't know what competition it has. It is the best bar none basketball league in the world and China has a huge appetite for basketball. And if it doesn't take a stand, I mean, you know, the question is what's the substitute? Are they just going to be satisfied with the Chinese Basketball Association? Mm. Can you name a, a CBA team that, you know, 
can dunk the way LeBron James does and do crossovers the way Kyrie Irving does. No. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's unfortunate that they don't understand their power in this. That so they could take a stand. They they're just intimidated because the sh- the sheer amount of investment yes. and money that China has in the sport. Contracts, sponsorships, TV deals, and even the development league relationship, where you know China has become a huge recruitment pool and and also a, a place where players from the NBA who are up and coming go to start their careers. It's becoming very popular. I think Jeremy Lin actually said he was going to spend his 2009, the next season, playing in China in mm. one of the one of the lead, one of the teams. And it's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's actually it shows what happens when an, a non-free state, let's call China a non-free state, starts to have enormous economic power in free, supposedly free countries, and it's not just. Possible, is it? This has happened in other industries and with other businesses. Right, yeah. It has happened in um, especially fashion because all the supply chains seem to go through China. Um, and also it's just a huge market for very, you know, well, both luxury fashion and also sort of high turnover H&M, Zara kind of lines like that. And they've all had some sort of issue with offending Chinese sensibilities because of either, you know, it's it's the three T's, right? Like, they always say you can't say, if you're doing business in China, don't say Tiananmen, don't ever say Taiwan, and don't say Tibet. Yes. And if you look at the infractions committed by companies that eventually had to grovel to China in the last, you know, few years, it's been one of these three things. So Leica, for example, the camera company had an ad in which it, you know, it was basically the tank man, so Tiananmen, yeah. cancelled. Then you had uh, Marriott, an employee liked, you know, a, a pro-Tibet post yes. from the corporate account of Marriott. And he just liked it. Some social media intern in the middle of Omaha, Nebraska, cancelled, you know, uh, Marriott had to apologize. And, and then you have Taiwan, and that's, you know, the airlines, Delta Airlines, hotels, They've all been sort of guilty, according to China's perspective, of listing Taiwan as a separate country. And that is not the party line. China sees Taiwan as part of its, uh, you know, its, its one country. Yes. It's claiming that. So at the end of the day, the reason why China's response to this, their official statement to even Maury's tweet, was that Things that sort of violate or speech that violates um, national sovereignty and social stability can, are considered hate speech mm. in their in their culture. And mm. so they're appealing to a certain sense of exceptionalism and, and this is our line. And so if you say anything that even, you know, disturbs social stability or goes against national sovereignty, then you're guilty of hate speech. Yes. And it shouldn't be protected. And it's fair to say that under, under Z... China's become much more assertive about this. It's yes. part of a new kind of economic nationalism that China's asserting yes. abroad. And in fact, the Chinese themselves seem to be, I mean, we've seen basketball fans being, Chinese basketball fans being quite hostile towards the NBA now or NBA stars. So the kind of the Chinese as well as the Chinese leadership are being whipped up into this frenzy of you don't say certain things against us because we are in control. Right. And obviously they control what, their country, what the citizens read and and see. So they have a lot of power to influence them. But there have been cases of of Chinese individuals, dissidents, who are 
who are supporting the Hong Kong protesters, who are supporting actually the NBA, hoping that they would take a stand. And um, they've expressed that. And we know at least of one individual, just a teenager in in China who has been arrested for for sort of hope being on the side of the Hong Kong protesters in, in the on. NBA case. Um, but yes, since, I mean, C came, you know, I think it was 2017 when he abolished term limits mm. and uh, he sort of, that's when China really showed its true face in terms of its territorial ambitions in the South China Sea. And all of this is, is has to be taken together, yes. you know, with its influence trying to use soft power, the Belt and Road Initiative, investments in Africa. All of this is happening at a, at a time where it's very clear what their, their ambitions are. And it, odd, isn't it? Because I suppose the money aspect is what blinds everyone to, for a long time, the NBA, uh, like a lot of other businesses, is so grateful for these enormous sums of enormous investments being made that they're quite happy to turn a blind eye to the free speech elements. Uh, or human rights involve, abuses. Or human rights abuses, yeah. indeed. But eventually, there are going to be these clash points, and we're going to see more of them in the next few years, aren't we? Yeah, you know, I think this whole incident showed that there is a cost to doing business in China. And it the way the Chinese sensitivities have, have gone, there's this concept called face. Like, you have to, you know, anything that embarrasses the party is is losing face. And there's nothing that they... It, it's It's almost like... It's a it's a sensitive way to to safeguard what they think is respect and reputation, and anything that that sort of violates that is is you know just completely censored and 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 trampled on by the party. They want to stamp that out entirely. So you see very you know top down ways to just curtail things like I don't know Wikipedia or their internet is completely censored and it's well an apple of made have kowtowed on Apple several occasions. Yeah. Google have as on well. On the emoji situation, they pulled the Taiwanese flag recently yeah. from its emoji selection. Yeah, a lot of... Because they want access to the Chinese market. And it's something that the world needs to decide now. Is that worth it? Melissa, thank you very much for joining us. I'm very glad that you're part of um, Spectator USA. I am too. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Americano. And I'd like to encourage you all to give us your feedback, positive comments or constructive comments only, please, to podcast at spectator.co.uk and say anything you like there as long as it's reasonably polite. (laughs) 